Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Yes. Okay, test, test, test. Test, 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 test. Does it Hello, work? Hello, son. Testing it out. We're, We're testing audio <laughs> so we can bring you some stories on the mic. You know what I'm going to make this afternoon, Rep I think? Bone. I think I'm going to go. I was thinking about it. I was thinking I want to make tuna salad. some advice to ask you what advice to ask me i don't know if that's how that's i have some advice to require of you in this moment tell me so tomorrow is you know griff okay let me preface it by saying robert goes to a preschool that has all the kinds of people that go there like our neighborhood as you know is is incredibly diverse but what you just said is griffin goes to a preschool where all the people you know goes there all the kinds of people all the kinds of people go you know there's like Probably a well, family from Nepal. Like, yeah. There's a family from, you right. know, Korea. There's a, there's, you know, everybody, yeah. all kinds of things. And it's great, but tomorrow is culture day and he, everyone is tasked with bringing something to celebrate their oh, culture. Shoot. Does and he need I'm to bring like, a tuna salad? Griff, what culture are you? Well, okay, wait, one. Tuna salad? Tuna culture? salad, culture. What's white people culture? Um, That's I think what I'm you like, bring... what do you bring? White bread? <laughs> well, no, do you want me to pick up, like, I could pick up a challah. He wants to claim Judaism. Oh my God, Hala, that's genius. Yeah, I'm smart. Okay, we'll do that. Easy peasy, lemon. Squeezy. I just think of I think of us as cultureless. <laughs> so it was. You I was like, should Shabbat. I bring a cultured yogurt? Like I was like, what culture can I do? Just play? Can I do a play on the word? Wait, that's funny though. <laughs> I would do that. Yeah. Oh my God, should I make you a potato casserole? Sure, I've got potatoes. You got it only frozen. Should I make? Oh my god, should I make oh, for, you only do frozen? For potato casserole? I didn't know. People that. famously call them funeral potatoes. They are so trashy. They are so delicious. They're cheese and it's so good. I should totally make that. That would be fun. You guys, that's my culture. You <laughs> funeral culture? <laughs> no, people call well, because we always call it potato casserole in our family, but I, I online people are like, you gotta make these funeral potatoes. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Fuck off. These are not funeral potatoes. It's potato fucking casserole. I made I'm excited. New York Times cheesy Hasselback potatoes with and, the mandolin. And I got to tell you, everyone, all the kids hated it. <laughs> it's just cheese and cream and potatoes. You're like, yeah. what in the world could you find to yeah. hate? All the kids hated it. Every kid I gave it to, and I gave it to a ton of different kids that came over. And all the kids were like, this is garbage. It took hours to Here's make. the deal, Quinn. I with don't know a mandolin. Mine's, mine's going to be really good, really bad. Here's my here's my concern sometimes of bringing my culture to you. You're a healthy family, okay? We are. I bring my culture and it is cheese and carb-based and I and and dairy. And I and I just like for example, cream of chicken is the standard binder in this. I would use a cream of mushroom for your family. You know, I would make, I wow. would adjust. I know, I know, I'm giving. I'm, I'm, and maybe I'd go, to, I'm gonna go to the fancy grocery store and then get the organic 
I but it's know. a it's a can of soup. You're telling me is yes. the binder. Yeah, that that you tracks. know it's Midwest. I know. But I know Midwest is, is like, cooking, but and again, it's a can. It's uh, beige. You, do it, it's you open up another beige. can, and it's a fried onion. Everything is like it's everything beige. you make is just opening different cans. The problem is, is am I gonna be embarrassed of my culture? It's hard sometimes to share your culture with people who <laughs> might not appreciate it. Okay, well maybe we can do a fusion. <laughs> that's like that's a good difference of like, and I was like how was your Thanksgiving Quinn we made green bean casserole I did too yeah so I did I blanched my own green beans and I made like a homemade five mushroom and I was like that's not what I we did I grew the mushrooms in the yard out back <laughs> over the course of the last many what it is I, I went truffle like, hunting with my pig what it is and I think this is a comparison you'll appreciate it yeah you are Walden Walton Academy and I am the public school <laughs> <laughs> The fair is that. Yes. That is the fair. Great. It's an affair to remember. Um, by the way, you're listening to Truly. Darkly. Creep. <laughs> I forgot I say that part too. I forgot my line. Can we go again? <laughs> Truly. Darkly. Creeply. I was ready that time. You were. Carrie Ipham is over there. And there's Quinlan Posner on the beanbag. What? <laughs> we're um, here to tell you two stories, but first we're going to thank two Patreons. Two. The first Patreon we're going to thank is Stephanie Yu. Stephanie, you, you are amazing, a star in the sky. It's so insane-zing. It's so insane-zing. We gotta make up words. We don't have a vocab good enough for you, Stephanie. You you. are amazing. Stephanie, you, what a great... I always brag that my last name starts with an I, because think about it, not many mm-hmm. people's last name starts with an I. But a U. But a U is a but great... A U. U is a great name, a great last letter. Cindy P. P, not as impressive. Oh. Cindy P, are you impressive to me? We not love you. Really. Cindy P, but we love you anyway. And anyway, your modest last name. Okay, start again. Let's start, start again. again. Stephanie P, you mean so much to me. You are amazing, Cindy. you see. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention oh, Cindy P, you are amazing to me. Did I mention I was hungry, so you're gonna get what you get? And Cindy P, you are a fantasy to so many people with the P. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Cindy, that was how do you a solo. Feel? That was a solo this time. Oh yeah. Should I add like a no a footnote? No. Cindy! Become Scott Stapp sometimes. Sandy, Sandy. Do you think you channel Eddie Vedder or Scott Stapp more? Cindy. Cindy. Can I just do a Bob Dylan? Cindy P. You mean so much to me. And I say to you on this microphone. Thank you. All right, Cindy, that's enough. It's enough for I'm you. I'm going to tell you guys a story, and it's going to rock your socks into a box. This is... Let's do it. Stuff I got from Justia. St. <laughs> this is stuff. <laughs> St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And namely, and seriously, I, I did a truly adventurous again. Oh. I'm addicted. I know. Um, We're in for a treat, folks. This was by Ryan Krull. And I, I it's got to be in like process of becoming a feature film because it's amazing. Ooh. So Tim starts dating his wife, his soon to be, one to be, one day to be. I'll try again. (laughs) 
All right. It's one of those stories where it's like it's high school. You got Tim, the football player. You got Patty. She's adorable. She's a cheerleader. They get pregnant together. They get pregnant. I think she gets pregnant. I'm going to say it. I don't think they get pregnant It's in high together. school still. It's like right before yeah, they graduate. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you, they get pregnant. They both get pregnant. It's a, <laughs> they si- get pregnant it's a science together. mystery. The fact is that you said they get pregnant together. And it's like, do they though? I don't think they do. I think they have sex together and she gets pregnant. Poor Patty. Um, oh, no. Just kidding. Oh, they get, okay, great. They get married. Well, to be TBD. Um, two years later, he gets a job working on the police force. He's not there long. I believe it's his second year. When he leaves his police car in a parking lot of a radio station, walks into the woods next to the radio station, and goes into the woods, takes off his bulletproof vest. He puts the vest down on a tree stump to protect the tree. And then shoots the tree stump. <laughs> well, shoots no the vest. harm came to the tree Thank stump God. because the vest was protecting well, campsite it. Campsite rules leave it better than when you found it. Sure, he added a bulletproof vest. That's better than when you found it. Right, Teflon. Before throwing that old vest back on his bod, takes a hammer to said bod, and hammers himself a bit. Do you know that song? If I had a hammer, I'd hammer myself I'd and then put my bulletproof vest back on and pretend that I got shot. <laughs> Wait, so he pretends, oh. Of course, that's where that's going. He hammered his body. He shot his vest. Then he calls and he's like, shots fired, officer down. And they come and he's like lying on the ground by his car. And they're like, what's up? And he's like, I saw this couple having sex in a van. And I just like (laughs) confronted them, had a fight with them. And the guy grabbed my own gun out of my holster and shot me. Don't interrupt a couple having sex. You know the old adage. I'm like, that is a little nosy of you, Tim. Even in this make-believe scenario, you should have probably thought of something a little more interesting than that. But he doesn't. But then he's just walking around. I feel like it becomes this uh, this tale he likes to tell. You know, he likes to be at the bar and he's like, you want to see this? And then it shows you like what the hammer bruise and is like, let me tell you a story. And has the claw marks from the hammer. I guess he just <laughs> like wants to be... an imprint of a hammer. I mean, this is like a very fragile male ego and I think he is like maybe pictured police being a police would be like more exciting than it ends up being those first Mm -hmm. couple years so he has to create a scenario for himself oh my god but I don't know how they find out that that's what happened but I do know that his boss William Pagano body cam oh god (laughs) William Pagano his boss is like suspicious of the story he ends up having Tim go to St. Louis and get a psych exam and he flunks it. And he's like, yeah, I just like, I don't think you can be a cop. Is this like, considered like Munchausen? Great question. Just some form of like attention-seeking behavior. It's definitely attention-seeking behavior. And like, he definitely, but I don't think he like would have hurt himself more than a few little hammer knock knocks. <laughs> he kicks Tim off the force, but he wants to keep their relationship. Like He likes him. And he's sort of takes the – instead of being his boss, he's going to be, like, his mentor for now. Okay. He is uh, the police chief in this town. It's in Fest – Fetus. Fetus? <laughs> that can't be right, right? Festus. Oh, God, I dropped the, the S in this part that I wrote it, and it said Fetus, Missouri. <laughs> fetus, Missouri. <laughs> Festus, Missouri. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Well – 
Venus, Missouri. All right. My favorite town, Venus, Missouri. So where everything is newborn, born again. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. William, just to give you an idea of who we're dealing with, this police chief, he doesn't like a lot of riffraff or shenanigans. He's mm-hmm. a straight shooter kind of guy, old school, tough, but fair. And he loves his officers. He fights okay. for them. He like protects the force. And he also, like his buddy Tim, is a man with, I would say, a real healthy-sized ego. He's like a walk in the room and take over the space vibe. Right. Um, He's not quiet about this kind of stuff. And he wants prestige in the town, but he also wants money, which I think – I don't think you really have if you're a police chief. Like, you have power maybe, but not money. So what he does is he's like, I want to start a private security company, which – does seem in direct conflict with being the police chief mm-hmm. to me. But somehow they let him do that? Okay. And he starts to employ the people from the police department and sheriff's office at his private securities company. And guess who he gives a job to? Who? Tim. He's like, Tim, you can't be a cop, but you can work for my company. Right. And I'm going to pay you better than you would have if you were a cop. So... They're sort of like family, he and Tim, in a way because Tim is, in fact, also having an affair on his wife, Patty, and sleeping with William's daughter, who's 17. Are you following this? Let me go back. So William hired him in this private security firm. And to say thank you, Tim is like, you know what? I really appreciate it. I'm going to fuck your 17-year-old daughter. Now, what is the statute of – what is the rape statute? Like, how old is it? That's such a good question. I think you don't have to worry if you're employed by the police chief. I think you'd be more worried if you're employed by the police chief to well, fuck your daughter. when I read that daughter. he was sleeping with his daughter, I think – okay, just to be clear, I think everybody's mind when I say that he's sleeping with his 17-year-old daughter, your minds are telling you the wrong thing. Your minds are telling you that that would be reason for Bill – to not like Tim. Oh, Bill, not Will. Okay. But William, it's actually Bill. the opposite. Bill is glad they're sleeping together and looks at Tim as a son-in-law, even though he's married with children sleeping with her. He's basically like, That's he'll fucked. one day they'll be together. Like, it's like they're, he's another child in the mix. I want to be clear. Like, you said that we were wrong. And I'm going to say we because I know the listeners think that, you that were we right. were wrong. But I want to be clear. What Bill thinks is wrong. That's wrong. You have a 17-year-old daughter and this, like, that's wrong. So. I'm right. Speaking (laughs) of wrong, Tim wants to have Patty killed. He wants to take that square out of the waffle. We're bringing waffle back from last week and I like it. By the way, this waffle spaghetti theory, I'm loving it. But yeah, that is, I bet the police chief wouldn't take too, wouldn't think too kindly about that. No, I bet you're right. So what happens is the first thing he does is he's going to the gym a ton and he's taking <laughs> the, first go- well, the first thing any murder requires. The first thing he starts doing is Quinn, going are to the you gym. Planning on going, are you planning on doing a murder? Be honest with me. You're in That's the gym That's why now. I started going to the gym. Okay, well, I was. the reason I realized I needed to tell you about the gym first is that the first guy he has to kill his wife is a guy he offers $10,000 to. It's a guy he lifts weights with. It's yeah. always someone So he's like, hey, will you kill Patty? And... He's like, I don't care how. I just, you know, I just need it to get done. And the guy's like, um, no, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that because she has kids. Like, I'm not going to take away anybody's mom. So then he's like, I'll ask the other guy I work out with, Frankie. And he's like, Frankie, you don't want any hitman. 
I got like $10,000 that I put aside for this hit and you can keep 2500 of it if you can find somebody that takes the bigger cut, oh. 7500 and will do the murder part. And Finders fee. his friend Frankie is like, that's going to be a no for me, dog. Like, everyone's sort of normal, I guess, in the town and not wanting to do a murder. How so, do you even, like, I just am so curious, like, how do you broach that subject? Like, what do you, what questions lead up to it? Like, what's the foreplay? Like, well, you're hey. lifting, so I feel like it's natural. So, like, what do you, uh, you're like, what is that, 100, 125? You want to kill, kill my people? wife? <laughs> do you know a hitman? <laughs> like, what do you? I've been at the gym and tons of people ask. You for that. hits. Yeah. I've been at the gym a lot lately and yeah. people always are just like, do you I mean, do I hits? Like hit, man, the gym. Yeah. Hit gym. I was hit. in a hit class. So it can be confusing can be because when you're a hit class, people are like, hit man. That's hard. People That's sometimes hard. walk in and start asking and then realize, oh, it's not it's that hit, kind It's a high of, intensity of interval training. It's not murdering someone you know. That's it's and the that extra is confusing. eye you need to look out for. And, and that's silent. what should give you. And it's silent. Just like a good killer should be. Like a silencer. That's hard. Well, so Pagano, Bill Pagano, William is like, I got word that my buddy Tim is who running I, around who town. I'm employing and fucking my daughter. My, my which I'm weirdly my okay nearly with. son-in-law is running around trying to get his wife murdered, and he's like, "Well, that's not good." So, <laughs> I think I know why it's happening. What had happened is Patty found out about the 17-year-old affair. Kicked him out of the house, and he's probably worried he's going to lose custody of the kids. So, of course, he's going to want her dead. Not to mention, know how he's been going to the gym? He's been tons of steroids. Tons of steroids is the name of the game for Tim. He has been. (sighs) Poor guy's sperm count is just dwindling by the day. He, like, grabbed. He went through a drive-thru. And somebody got his order wrong and he like grabbed them and pulled them out of the window. Like he's on steroids in the way that is like a cartoon. He is like jumping through walls with outlines of him in the wall. Like oh, this guy my God. is roiding hard. Jesus Christ. So Bill's like, I have to get him on tape essentially talking about this. That's the next step. And he would talk to me about it because even though I'm the police chief, I'm also his friend. So he drills a hole in his desk, puts a sneaky microphone in it, and is like, I got to be the one to bring him down because he's my friend. And if I'm the one that brings him down, I can control the fall. And that's what you do for somebody that you mentor. Yeah. That you love. So he also will like openly say the he what this isn't Tim. Tim is being like this because of the steroids. He's not taking normal steroids. He's taking stuff meant for horses that is marked not for human (laughs) consumption. Okay? He's like, it's it's really out of control. And when William forms this plan to take his friend down, he goes to the prosecuting attorney, William Johnson, and he's like, this is my plan. I want to be the guy to take Tim down because I really want him to go to a hospital, not to a jail. Like, he needs... He needs help. He needs help. To be clear, this prosecuting attorney is not, like, sure of the plan. I don't think he gives it, like, a stamp of approval. But I don't, also don't think he steps in at this moment. And This is wild. So he starts to record his friend Tim. And he gets him talking about it. And Tim is like, I want the hitman to kill her while I'm at a bodybuilding meetup. Meet Gotta get your alibi. Out of time. Exactly. That's going to be my alibi. So that's going to happen in eight to nine days. So now William knows 
this is like Patty's on thin ice. Whatever I'm going to do to take him down it's needs to happen whatever. before somebody kills her. <sighs> so now that he's got him on tape, he also just needs Tim to prove his intention by paying the hitman. Yeah, you need to like have the fun. Yeah. Yeah, or to think he's paying the hitman. So what he does is he gives Bill $5,000 and is like, Wait, so wait, Bill says that he knows a guy. Wait, I yeah, might, Bill's admit- like, why didn't you come to me to begin with? I'm so well connected. I I have this I town wrapped around part. my finger. That is wild. I didn't say that part. But like, it, basically, like, he goes to Bill and Bill's like, why didn't you come to me? You shouldn't be running around town. First of all, running your mouth about so having her killed. the prosecutor knows that, like, Bill's like, basically, Bill's going undercover. Yes. Yes. Okay, thank you. I'm and like, Bill's like... And so he's recording this. So he's paying Bill $5,000. And he's like, I, I'm going to give you $5,000 to help find somebody to do this. And Bill's like, great, I'll put it in this safety deposit box. And he tells his coworker, I don't really think Tim would do this. It's the drugs. And he's like, what I'm doing to him, this would not even be harder if he was my son. This is so hard for me. He goes, Bill then goes to another one of his friends who is a medical examiner and gives him the key to the safety deposit box that has the money and the tapes of him talking to Tim and he says, I'm giving this to you in case something happens to me. Because he, what the in fuck? taking Tim down, he's like, am I going to get hurt? Maybe I will. So here's all this stuff. I need to give it to you for safekeeping. The medical examiner is like, what? This is weird. Mm-hmm. The next time this guy hears from Bill, he It's him going back to that same medical examiner that he had hold the keys. And he's like, Tim wouldn't listen. I had to shoot him. He's like, wait, what? The medics arrive at Bill's house and Tim is dead in Bill's garage. He's been shot. He's been shot at close range with a shotgun. And one of the shots is to the back of his head. Okay? Jesus Christ. The story that Bill says is he's like, I wanted to arrest him here. I called him over to my house. We met in the garage. Yes, I had a shotgun. I told Tim, it's all been like a ruse. There's no hitman waiting to meet you in St. Louis. I bet he didn't record this. I bet this is not recorded. This entire murder plot, that's right. It's not. A lot of conversations that there's are, this one isn't. Um, He's like, this whole thing was a ruse and you're actually under arrest. And then this is a quote from Bill. I will never forget. He was standing near the front of the car. And before I had to tell him to put his hands on the car, he grabbed his head like something exploded in his head. And he screamed, no, no. And then he says that Tim moved around to the other side of the car away from him. And he said, hold it. And then Tim ducked down and he thought he's going for a weapon. And that's when he shot him in self-defense. So when they hear this, they're like, okay, there's only a couple ways this really could have gone. Um, It could have gone the way Bill just said it went. But a different way you could look at it is that Bill was planning this for a long time and that he wanted this fake story and that he. So wait, is he really, wait. So he didn't love him because he was fucking his 17-year-old daughter. Is that, please tell me that that is the part No, that- that's not it. I'm going to explain what's it. It's not as noble as that, <laughs> believe it or not. So 
was he planning this from the very beginning? Did he go to the guy and say, here's the keys. What if something happens to me to plant the seed of self-defense? And then really just basically call this guy to his house to fucking kill him. So when they tell Patty what's happened, she has some really interesting things to say. She's like, I can tell you one thing that if Tim ever left Festus, he was going to write a book. And he was going to write a tell-all book, and a lot of it was going to be about Bill because people would not believe the kind of shit that was going down with this police, very corrupt police chief. And at one point, Tim said to me, Patty, I don't want to divorce you, but if we are going to stay in Festus, I have to divorce you. I can't go into the details, but Bill's already told people I'm going to be his son-in-law. So he went to his own wife, who knew he was having an affair, and was like, if we stay in this town, I have to leave you and be with this 17-year-old girl because Bill wants me to. Bill wants me to be with his daughter. He doesn't want me to be with you. And I can't get out of this. And I'm scared of Bill, basically. Bill was very powerful and had done things. He could affect anything. You know, he's got like his, his finger on the town. Like he's got... Everyone wrapped – I'm looking for, like, an analogy here, and I keep screwing it up, but it's the idea that, like, it's in the palm of his hand. He makes everything move. He one time screwed up a business loan that Tim had gotten approved for so that Tim would have to take a personal loan from Bill because he needed people that knew what he was up to and, like, knew things to about him. him. He needed to own them. And he had a wow. few ways that he owned Tim. And one way was money. One way was a job. One Boy, way was daughter. through his daughter. Because if Tim was family, he, he would wouldn't. never shut down the family. It would be in his best interest that the family was okay. Oh, my God. So he wanted Tim to marry the 17-year-old girl. He wanted him to be family. That's real. Because he... But it's not because he thought it was good for his no. kid to marry Tim. It was because it was good for him. It, exactly. Exactly. Ugh. So the secrets that were led to believe he may or may not have known are all rumors. None of it's uh, for sure. But it's things like that Bill was working in cahoots with the mafia. There was another big rumor that was really crazy that Bill had told Tim at one point, what I want you to do is I want you to get a job at my rival security firm, and then I want you to murder the CEO. So, like, really crazy stuff. Jesus Christ. So now that brings into question... What the whole moment... What, what actually happened. So they go do, like, blood spatter analysis, and they're like... it. So seems- Patty's like, he... Patty was like... Tim knew he had to go along with this like murder for hire against her. Like she's like, she's like, he had to. She doesn't believe when they tell her, just so you know, because with all this comes them also telling her about the murder for hire, which she obviously didn't know about. Okay. She's I wasn't very... sure she might have known him. He's like, no, I have to fake it. No. Okay. She doesn't. And I think that that's really hard for her to hear. And I don't know what she thinks if she believes it or not. That's I, confusing. I think it's like he would never do that. He would never do that. And then it's like, I don't know the answer either. It seems like because they get these guys at the gym that that was real. But it's just because a man gets murdered doesn't mean he was an innocent victim or a good person. Totally. I don't think it's I think it's more complicated than that. I think Tim was a bad guy. And I think he was murdered by his friend that was an even badder guy. 
So they do this blood spatter analysis and are like, well, it does look like the first shot came from the fucking back of his head. Like like the first time he was shot was from behind. Yeah. The second one is to his face. And then other people come forward and are like, we did see them arguing a few days before, which was not a narrative Bill had like worked into his story Story. at all. Um, Also, his life insurance policy was payable to the company he worked for. I roll. So then they talk to Bill again because they're like, we got to get catch him in a lie. We like it's very we like Bill. What happened? Tell us again. And he's like, okay. So when I fired the first time at him, I actually couldn't even see him because he had ducked. He'd run behind the car here and ducked down. And where he's pointing, it's like he had run toward the garage door mm-hmm. to the back of the car and around it. And they're like, oh, okay, great. But they're like, because they knew. When the garage door was closed, there was no room to get around the back of the car. You couldn't have run behind it. There was, like, not enough room between the bumper and the door. So right away, they're just like, this visual story is not working. It doesn't work for us. So two weeks afterwards, they're able to charge Bill with murder. And it is the longest murder trial in state history at the time, which is 21 days. It's not that long, but that was the longest. And the jury's confused. They're basically like... We don't think the killing was justified in self-defense. We also don't think it was premeditated. We think it was in the heat of the moment. Murder two? Something like that. But what happens is there's all these appeals that go forward. And the appeals are strong enough that, like, basically, it's not a hung jury, but he's not in prison. Because he's appealing so he can get out. He's waiting for his appeal. He's waiting. And he, he... during these three and a half years before he's going to go to prison, he's meant to go to prison while that's happening. Mm-hmm. But like, OK, he has three and a half years that he's not in prison after all right. this. And he is like acting like nothing has happened, which is to say like going to really nice restaurants, like a high roller and like just like seems really happy. Like he's living it up. And the day that they come to his house to arrest him, they pull outside and he kills himself. And that's how the story ends. What? They pull outside and it's like he was living that way because he was like. He's on borrowed time. This is it. He's like, this is. I'm not going to go to jail. So. He couldn't go to jail. The amount of people as a police chief going to. Could you imagine? Nope. So that's (gasps) it. Whoa. Kills himself. Coward. Total. I'm like, we'll never know exactly what happened because he never. And just, like, somebody so fucking in it for themselves. Like, just such an example of somebody that is, like, Ugh. 100% in it for themselves. Just for me. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, I'm not going to get what I want. Fuck my wife. Fuck my family. I'll kill myself. My 17-year-old daughter to who them. I essentially my 17-year-old daughter who pimped I, out. Totally. You pimped out your daughter. Oh, horrible. Horrible. That poor girl. Horrible. And also, like, how old was Tim when she was sleeping with him? Like, 20 years older than her. That's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> it was not, like, cool. None of that story is cool. No, it's not a cool story. But I did have to tell you it. You had to. It's but a now crazy, I'm done it's telling a crazy it. story. Okay. Okay. What's crazy about my case is it's like weirdly kind of connected. Really? Yeah. So wild when that happens. I got this information from All's That's Interesting. Sports Kita. 
Oxygen, Unilad, ABC. Um, do you know the name Dahlia DiPolito? No. Great. Oh, thank God. So Dahlia DiPolito, that's her married name. Um, but she was born in New York City and she moved where most good stories start, to Florida, when she was 13 years old. A little bit about her. I think, you know, she dreamed big. She uh, started work. She got a real estate license. Um, but then she went on to Moonlight as an escort. She will later deny this. But one night she's working at her night job and she meets Michael DiPolito in 2008. A little bit about him. He's an internet entrepreneur, which anytime someone says they're an entrepreneur, they don't have a job. Red flag. <laughs> um, he's an ex-con. He has served some time in prison and was currently on probation for 25 years. He owed more than $191,000 in restitution. So he was doing like some like stock bond security exchanges. I don't know what it is. You don't need to know what he did, but he broke the law and he owed a lot of people a lot of money. Mm -hmm. That's his vibe. So he is married at the time when he meets Dahlia, but you know what? True love waits for no one. So he divorces his wife and just five days after the divorce is finalized, he and my, he and Dahlia, they get hitched. Wow. True love, man. So busy. So busy. So much time at the courthouse. So much time at the courthouse. But look at him. He's found the love of his life and they're going to have a whole life together. It's going to be beautiful. Within. And it was. And it was. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> so, a little bit about them. And like, if you saw pictures, like, She's tan. He's tan. Deepolito's their last name. <laughs> I can picture it. You know, like she, like I just feel like it's like she's from New York. She lives in Florida. I think they're on the West Coast. I think they're. I think it's like a little bit like it feels Jersey Shore vibes to me. Because what they do, they live to GTL. They go like gym tan. Well, going out. So they like go to the gym together. They're out on the town. They're having fun. Apparently, within a couple of months, she says she's pregnant. It's all very exciting. August fifth, two thousand and nine. She's at the gym that morning. She goes, she's getting swole. He stayed back. Um, she gets a phone call from the Boynton Beach Police Sergeant, Frank Ramsey. That is a mouthful. And it's a call no newlywed wants to get. She gets a call and they're like, something happened to Michael. You need to come home immediately. So she drops the 100-pound weights that she's working out of. And she runs home um, when she arrives on the scene, it's so sad. There's like, there's police cars everywhere. There's yellow tape. They have like forensic photographers. She knows something fucking happened. She rolls up. And what's crazy about this moment is that this week, just by coincidence, the Boynton police is being, the Boynton Beach, the Boynton Beach police is being followed by the show Cops. Oh God. So they have this filmed and they have it filmed telling her that like something happened to Michael and Michael is dead. She is crying, obviously. Um, she says like, she's like, no, God, dear God, no. She's like, I need to see him. I need to see him. I need to see him. And they're like, I'm so sorry. Like, he's dead. We can't let you in. It's an active crime scene. Um she is totally distraught and they're like, did anyone want to hurt your husband? And she's like, he's an ex-con is like the thing that comes out of her mouth. And they're like, I need you to come to, can you come to the police station to help us identify some suspects? Like we found someone fleeing the scene. We just want to know if they look familiar. And she's like, whatever you need. So they bring her to the police. Um, they bring her to the um, station 
And she's obviously eager to help and help them find out who did this to her husband. Obviously, like the guy owed a lot of people money. It could be anyone. Um, So they bring in the suspect of this guy they found fleeing her house and she does not know who he is. But of course, they keep him. And she's sitting in the interrogation room. She's completely distraught and the door opens and her husband is standing right there. What? She's like, Mike, come here. Come here, please come here. I didn't do anything to you. And he's like, it's too late. It's done. What? And right then she is charged with solicitation of first degree murder. What? She is sent to jail. And the first call is to her husband, Michael DiPolito, where she's like, I didn't do anything. None of this was me. Like, why haven't you gotten me a lawyer? What is going on? And this whole scene has come from weeks of police work where they were tipped off very early that she was looking for a hitman to kill (gasps) her husband. Oh, my God. And they staged it like he died? They staged it. I cannot believe the cops were like, you know, it'd be funny, though. Well, (laughs) because the police made an agreement with the producer of Cops and they filmed it all. Unreal. All of it is on camera. I gotta see this. So you watched it? I watched parts of it. Oh my god. I just watched her finding out, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Sounds... so let's go back in those six months of marriage. You got me. I got you good. So let's go back to the six months of marriage. And um some stuff was happening among that time. So obviously he gets divorced. Five days later they get married. And Just some stuff is happening. He's on probation. Again, he does owe all these people all this money. And one night, him and Dahlia are out to dinner, and he just gets pulled over by the police, and they end up finding a little cocaine in his cigarette pack. And he convinces the officer that night. I don't know how, but he's like, it's not mine, and they let him go. Another morning, Dahlia is... The wife of the year and she gets him a little starbucks and from this starbucks he gets so sick that he's like completely out yeah. for days yeah. he's like laid he's laid out he's so sick and then like he's noticing that like these encounters with police are being escalated like he keeps getting pulled over um at one point the police get word that he is a drug dealer right for work and and keep in mind he's on probation so like he should not be doing any of this stuff and they're taking all of these, you know, calls very seriously and they're investigating all of these claims, but they're not coming up with anything concrete, nothing they can charge him with. And Michael is pretty freaked out at this time. And he's just been through a divorce. Like he went to jail. There's all this stuff going on. By the way, I just have to note, he divorced his wife to be with this woman who was with him when he went to jail. I assume it's the same one. I don't know, but like mm-hmm. karma's a bitch. That being said, um, he's pretty freaked out. So in July of 2009, he ends up transferring the title of his home, of their like condo, to Dahlia. He's like, listen, you these assets will be under your name because if they're under my name and I'm an arrested, like it's going to be all part of they it. Could I'm owing this restitution. Like this is not good. He also claims that he gave Dahlia $100,000 to put towards his restitution, but his attorney never got that money. So he's like, she's taking like, he, but he doesn't know that at this time. But apparently this is all part of Dahlia's plan. She's like slowly bleeding him of his assets and then she wants to get him busted mm-hmm. and then and she can like go back to jail and then she has his stuff. But that's not working. So she's yeah. like, I guess I guess I just have to get rid of him I guess a different I have way. To, a different way. Exactly. 
So around this time, she's not the most faithful woman. I don't know if you can gather. Hmm. So she has a lover. I don't know if it's the same guy that she asks, but I'll go to that. Well, she there's some text to her lover saying, I really hate him and I want to see him rot. And I think what's important about this text is that the word C is spelled with just the letter C. So you can sort of like place yourself in her sort of like age demographic. Mm-hmm. Then she, again, we got another gym rat in this in this room here. So she has this like on again, off again boyfriend. In one article, he's described as an ex-boyfriend. In one article, it's like he's a friends with benefits who like she didn't stop seeing when she got married. And she's like, hey, 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 it's hey, it's me. Um, quick cue. Do you know of a hitman? You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Again, I don't know People how you People that go start. to the gym know hitman. They know hitman. It's so weird. It's a known thing. It's a known thing. And I guess if you're on again, off again, you get married. I, I don't know. She thinks he's pretty loyal to her, but he's pretty much not. And so he goes to the police. And he's like, she's asking me. If I know a hitman with her husband, like, what's going on? Again, ex-boyfriends are probably not the best person to source for this kind of work. Right. Um, And so the connection to cops really was, like, the police department just happened to start working with them. And so they heard this plan, and the police was like, oh, this woman wants to hire a hitman. I think we can work together on this. And a team was made. A little handshake deal, and we got it. So cops... The production (laughs) sets up a hidden camera in her ex's or her lover's car, this guy, and they just need to get concrete proof that she wants to hire a hitman. And so Dahlia gets in the car. It's totally filmed. And they're like, he's like, are you sure you want to kill your husband? And she's like, yeah, I am. Five thousand percent. Let's go. And then the hitman, who is a undercover police officer, Whitey Jean then comes and is like, are you sure you want to kill him? And she says, there's no changing. I'm determined already. I'm positive. I'm like 5,000% sure. And then she hands him $7,000 and agrees to be at the gym the morning of August 5th to make sure she has an alibi. Mm-hmm. Once a gym rat, always a gym rat. I want to see her at the gym. Like, I want to, like, know when you're when you're doing that, when you know that your husband is getting killed and you're like, like what you, machine are you doing? I bet she was on steroids i have no oh, doubt I that you're no. gonna say the elliptical <laughs> no she wasn't elliptical well she was probably a stairmaster girly if i'm okay. being honest all right so the murder happens she has the performance of a lifetime um and when she is pulled into the room as a suspect whitey jean this undercover officer is the suspect that they bring in that they're like we saw him fleeing the scene does he look familiar and she's like no and there's video of her meeting him um so she's in jail. Her world has blown up. What does she do? She calls him from jail and he's like, you have to give me my title back to my property. Um, and in return, I'll comfort your parents. I don't know what happens, but the next day she is released on bail for $25,000. Her trial takes place in spring of 2011. The prosecutors argue the obvious. She wants him dead for his assets. She doesn't want to be with him. She just mm-hmm. wants his shit. Dahlia claims that she actually knew. This is her defense. She's like, I knew I was being filmed. And I love cops. This is her big break. JK, not really. No, but she said she did know she was being filmed. And she actually said that it was a plan with her husband, Michael, because he wanted to be a reality TV star. And he convict- he convinced her to concoct this murder for hire video 
in hmm. a convoluted way to be reality TV stars. She said it was a stunt by Michael. And even if he admits it or not, he wanted fame and fortune by way of a bad prank. Jury said, pass. I don't see Andy Cohen anywhere. I'm not interested in this alibi in this defense. She is found guilty and sentenced to 20 years. She only spends three months in prison because she makes an appeal. And she is, and she is let out on a $500,000 bond and she is put on house arrest. She appeals and she says an appellate and an appellate court finds that the jury was not selected appropriately. They found that they did not filter for potential bias in the case. So the jury selection was fucked. So she has a retrial. She gets she has another trial. She can get um, retried in the case. Her retrial is in 2016. Again, she's been on house arrest this whole time. Her new defense attorney says that which I think is probably as smarter is that the police were so fixated on content for the show cops that they botched the entire investigation. And like, she didn't know she was being recorded. I think there's probably like a lot of like legal implications of like, can, mm-hmm. can she be recorded in this without her knowledge? And that retrial ends in a hung jury three, three. She's released on house arrest again. She gives birth to her son. Not Michael's kid, which, yeah. by the way, they mentioned she was like found out she was pregnant before that. I I don't know of any son that was born after this happening, um, but we do know that she has a son before her final trial in 2017. The defense claims that cops filming the arrest was a step too far, so they're using this cops footage as a part of her defense, as like I think hurting her constitutional right in a lot of ways. Mm. And the judge was like. Even if it was it was egregious that they filmed her being arrested, they filmed all of this stuff. She is still found guilty, and she is sentenced to 16 years in 2017. She tried to appeal to the Supreme Court in 2019; that was rejected. But so she has no more appeals. But she is in jail until 2023. <gasps> Last year, I think she got out. I don't know where what she's she is, up to, but I think she still maintains her innocence. She's like, this was a ruse by Michael. And he just wanted fame. And that's it. Um, I guess it worked. To be clear, her and Mike are divorced, in case you were wondering. Um, and that's the story of Dahlia DiPolito. Wow. What a wild tale. So do she you believe like, her? Oh, I don't nah. think I do. I don't think I do. I I think the fact is, is that she... There, in the initial video, she's like, I need to see him. I need to see him. I need to see him. And I think if you were to follow her logic, she's like, I didn't mean to kill him. Show me him. I don't think he's dead. Right. But I do love that he appears in the doorway when she's being interrogated. I do, too. That's so I got to see that part. I don't know if that's, that's on very, cops. It's got to be. They wouldn't have had him do something so dramatic and not filmed it. That's great. It just material. feels like a, like the cops came to this little police department mm-hmm. and they were like, we are in for a world of content. <laughs> we are in for it. But yeah, that's the story of Dahlia. Do you believe her? No. No. But I really like that that's the defense. Like, yeah, it's very it's, creative. It's also, I agree. I think it's pretty creative. And I think they are they probably have more of a leg to stand up as like what is admissible mm-hmm. in the court of law based on like her... But they probably could have used testimony from these people as well. Wow. I don't know. Really interesting defense. Well, thank you for sharing that story. You're very welcome. I need to eat. She's so hungry. All right. Bye. Goodbye. Bye, dude.